You are now listening to On the Couch with Mary Jane. I invite you into my world of pleasure, power, and truth, where we discuss all things sexuality. Join me as I host leading experts and professionals who share their knowledge, trade secrets, and inspirations to feeling more empowered by what it is that we truly desire. Before we dive deep into these conversations, I want to remind you that the most intimate relationship is the one that you share with yourself. My guest today is a professional dominatrix, a femme empowerment coach. She is the visionary behind the Mistress Mindset and the Divine Dom Awakening programs. She has a degree in psychology and literature and feminism. I am so excited to share with you all what she has to say on what it means to become the mistress of your life. Welcome to my couch, Mistress Malicia. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was a long journey. When I started studying, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And my point was not to have a career in that. I just decided to go back to school to have something that keeps me going and that I'm passionate about. Let's just start a little bit with your journey and how you came about to discover your divine feminine power. Well, it was a long journey. I actually really stepped into that power when I started female domination. Prior to that, I was way more of a tomboy, <laughs> very androgynous. Um, I used to only date women and was very much in my masculine power. And even at times toxic masculine because I had no consciousness of the divine, feminine or masculine. So um Stepping into my power was a journey, and at first I didn't even realize that doing female domination would be even a journey for me. I thought it would be just like work and working with men, but it allowed me to really explore the edges of my being, to um, discover who I am as a woman and what I desire as a woman and how to ask for what I want. It was very liberating and I could play with my identity, play with um, my wants. And uh, that allowed me to really explore what it means to be a woman in her power and to define how that looks for me specifically and not abide by an image of this is what femininity is or this is what a dominatrix is. There is a lot of uh, stigma or stereotypes. And at first you have a preconceived idea of, oh, if I'm a dominatrix, it means I have to look a certain way and speak a certain way and act a certain way. When actually being a dominatrix is an extension of who you truly are. It's not a role that you just play as if you're at the theater. It's more like putting forward parts of you that are already there and putting aside other parts. Yeah. So in that context, for me, it was um, very liberating to um, discover who I am underneath the layers of my conditioning, the layers of what I had trained myself to think that I have to be. I realized that the feminine power is something that we all have access to if we are willing to get out of our comfort zone, willing to get out of what we know and explore our identity, explore and embrace yeah. who we truly are 
at the core of ourselves. Yes, I agree with you on that. And it makes me think of something you said in your mistress mindset. You said, when you get out of your comfort zone, out of what you know, you see yourself from a different perspective, which allows you to push your self-exploration and discover a path to finding your power. That really resonated for me. And I think that there is so much potential in going outside your comfort zone in a sexual context. Yeah, because it all starts in your intimacy, how you are when you're alone with yourself, how you are when you are intimate with your closest relationships. It has so much influence in how you actually um, present yourself in the outside world. That's why this program so the mistress mindset was a class that introduces the divine love awakening program which is eight weeks and it's a journey um that precisely um allows you to discover these parts of you that you can use personally and we use a lot of tools and skills in the dungeon and i think the dungeon is a great metaphor for how we can play outside in the world, how we can stand, how we can speak, how we can ask for what we want, how we can uh, direct our attention and focus. And um, I like using this knowledge to help women, to guide women, to elevate women, to actually access this power within themselves for everyday life, not for domination, BDSM or the sex work industry. I think that, yes, you have to get out of your comfort zone into the fear zone and that is what most people in the dungeon do they explore the edges of their being by stepping on their fears and they get very uncomfortable but then that's what allows them to transcend to really transcend themselves and to uh, explore different identities because when they arrive they come with this idea of oh i am this person and this is what i do and this is who i am But in the dungeon, you get to be anyone and you get to be nothing as well. I can tell you, you are nothing right now. And that in the outside world can sound very humiliating, Mm. but ultimately it's very freeing because when you are nobody, there's no expectations of what you have to do and how you have to respond and act. It's so freeing to be, oh, I can just be and not be someone or do something. I can yes. just follow the commands. So so let's just um, clarify. What do you mean by the dungeon? You mean by an actual dungeon with bars? Well, in my case, it means a, a dungeon. But the dungeon, once again, doesn't need to be like the stereotype of a medieval place filled with like wooden structures for torture. It can be anything you want it to be. And every mistress has her own aesthetic her own preferences, her own niche. So her dungeon will be different from the one of another mistress. I have my own dungeon and it's very classy and uh, it's very um, charming. And uh, yet um, it can instantly make you feel like, oof, what's going to happen? But it's not also corresponding to the standard that most people think a dungeon is that is in the basement and is cold and dark and um, with, yeah, wooden structures. Yeah. And so do you think BDSM is something that everyone should explore? Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is so many layers of what BDSM is. Like kink. Yeah. Just biting someone is kinky. Yeah. Licking someone is kinky. So um, it doesn't need to be a hardcore needles and flogging and yeah. whipping. It can be simple things that just go outside of the norm. Yeah. And yeah, I think that... In my opinion, most people are kinky. I think that it's just sexuality has been so repressed and put in a mold of what it is um, that you should do and what brings pleasure that people have no idea actually of what they desire and how, and they expect other people to know and to bring them that pleasure when they don't even know what they like. So uh, it actually is very disempowering, especially for women, because women expect men to know how to pleasure them when they don't even masturbate, for example. Absolutely. And men are so good at expressing what they want and what they like. And us women are a lot more shy about it. Well, they were taught to uh, be compliant, taught to pleasure men. Uh, heteronormativity is all about uh, um, the phallocentrism, so the pleasure of the men. So if there is no ejaculation, there is not there has not been any sexual interaction that is successful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like what the patriarchal system has been in implementing. And it's very harmful for both parties. Absolutely. For all parties. And so um, how do you think that someone should go about exploring that side of themselves? I hear a lot of people say, well, I don't know what I like. I have never tried anything uh, kinky. I have never tried toys. I am with a partner who wants to please me and who wants to do more, but I don't even know what I am looking for. Mm -hmm. So where do you think someone should begin in their self-exploration and um, going outside their comfort zone in baby steps, I guess? <laughs> Well, I would definitely say start with yourself, start alone. That is, I think, the relationship you build with yourself is at the core of any relationship, of any expression of yourself, of any discovery of yourself. So if you can at least um, nourish that relationship with yourself and uh, with your body, so you feel safe within your own body and with your own self and you trust that you know what feels good, what doesn't feel good, then you can go and communicate it with someone that you trust. And having a discussion with the person you're going to have any sort of sexual or intimate relationship with prior to playing, prior to doing anything, talking about what in general you want and what your intention is and uh, how you would like to go about it and uh, where and when. Having that discussion will already make you feel like you, you know that once it happens, you will already be in a space where your mind can relax and not just kind of diving into the unknown. Yeah. And um, in your course, you talk about exploring your deep, deepest, darkest desire and owning up to them. So what would you say to someone who is in a relationship and wants or has figured out that side of themselves, but is afraid to share it with their partner because of um, 
they're afraid that it might jeopardize what they have or that their partner can't handle, you know, this side of themselves. Well, that happens a lot. I play a lot with couples and uh, I notice um, how for them just being in front of each other in that way with me as a form of facilitator or guidance um, is already something that is so exhilarating and scary at the same time so for me it ultimately comes down to if you can't be really yourself with the person you're with are you really with the right person and a lot of people are ready to compromise to be in a relationship but they at the same time can't be their authentic self so they're not living their authentic life so they are choosing comfort or remaining in a safe uh, comfortable <laughs> zone um, over being true to themselves. So they ultimately are disempowered in that. So yes, I think and believe that being honest with your partner would be the best situation. Um, and uh, if it is a monogamous relationship, it is harder because if your partner can't and doesn't want to provide that, uh, there's always going to be a form of lack. But if you are in a polyamorous relationship, at least the person can be like, well, darling i'm not really into that but hey be my guest and explore with someone who is into that so um the more honest you are the more authentic you are the more vulnerable you are the more in your power you are so um there will be definitely um people who can't accept certain things but for me i would rather be alone than with someone with who i can't be myself Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. And you even said something, you said authenticity makes you magnetic. And I think that could not be more true. I think that so much about someone's desirability comes from um, their confidence within themselves and uh, a lot less with the physical. And a lot of that has to do with your acceptance of your authentic self. And there's nothing more raw and more real than who you are sexually. I think if you can come to lose any kind of judgment and shame around who you are in a sexual perspective, then you a weight is lifted because you say to yourself, well, what can anybody hold against me if I can be really true about my deepest, darkest desires? Exactly. Yeah. For me, it comes down to that. Mm -hmm. If you own your desires, if you own who you are, no one can hold it against you. The more you hide, the more you give people power to discover, or, or shall I say, uncover what you're hiding. So that is very disempowering. And uh, for me, there was a long time in my life that I was hiding. And I guess that female domination for me was the first step of stopping to hide, but I had to hide in the dungeon to express this, to play with this part of me so I can bring it to the outside world and think, oh, if Mistress Malicia can do all this, speak like that, know what she wants, ultimately it means that I can do that too. And for a long time, she was the one kind of running the show and uh, doing um, whatever the fuck she wants. And for me, it was um, almost like there is she and there is me. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually it kind of merged because I'm like, well, I am she, so she is me. Mm. So she's an extension of me. She is part of me. She uh, 
voices the things that I would not voice. And uh, the moment I owned up to these things and I spoke up my truth, now in my everyday life, I can kind of uh, channel the power that the mistress gave me. I love that. That's amazing. (laughs) You also said something very interesting about men and vulnerability and in the context of um, dominatrix, you learn a side of masculinity that you um, weren't necessarily familiar with before. Mm. Can you elaborate on that? Because I thought that was very interesting. Yes, so uh, I think a lot of women, um, as I have, have been harmed by men. And I think it almost is um, the norm that we've experienced that experiences with men. So when I entered the femdom realm, I didn't enter with the idea of like, oh, I love men. That's why I want to beat them up. It was more (laughs) like, oh, I hate men. So it's perfect that I can beat them up. which was a very narrow perspective and surface level idea of what BDSM was and femdom was. Um, It actually started with me not even thinking of harming them. I just thought I would be fucking them because uh, I I already had experience with pegging men and uh, I had a strap on and I was like, well... I could just like use my strap on on men and kind of own them and mm-hmm. show them who's in control. Yeah, regain power. Regain power. And uh, it ended up being like this rabbit hole of self-discovery. So when I entered this world, I didn't really have any uh, admiration for men. And that is what switched mostly for me because seeing these, most of them powerful men, in such a vulnerable state um, was actually something I was really impressed with. And I mean, the men that I see, like most doms, are men that worship women, that want to serve women, that admire women, that want to provide uh, a service. And um, they are, in the end, who I thought were the good guys or the guys that I'm attracted to or the guys that um, I can uh, connect with guys that can be in their softness, guys who can be vulnerable. And that vulnerability for me um, equaled power. I thought submission holds a lot of power because when you are someone who in your everyday life is the one in control, the one uh, that uh, takes charge, the one that everything is on your shoulders and everyone relies on you and ultimately you just need to let go and be told what to do and... Um, to really like express your emotions and cry and scream and show your true self. Um, I thought that was beautiful, actually. I saw men in a way I've never seen a man. And um, they proved to me that actually they are as harmed by by the patriarchal system as we are. And that ultimately the problem is not men, it's patriarchy. And it became for me a mission that Uh, through BDSM, through femdom, uh, through um, my work, I would uh, destigmatize BDSM and empower men by disempowering them from their egos, Mm -hmm. by um, kind of dissociating them from that restraining identity of what they should be and to let go of that so they can surrender and truly be the expression of their divine masculine 
in uh, that sensible and uh, um, kind of like real true self. So uh, it allowed me to shift my perspective of men and to heal my relationship with men as well. That's that's very insightful. I think that's a perspective that you um, don't really get about men. And I'm not sure there's any other way you could really get that side of men other than in the context of BDSM like that. Um, so I think that's really amazing. And I think it's amazing that you are sharing this, you know, with, with people um, because, you know, like you said, I think that BDSM is a very um, secluded um, and stigmatized. Um, and so I think there's so much more than just the sexual pleasure that you get out of it. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, ultimately, BDSM is bringing the unconscious to the conscious. It's an exploration of the edges of your being physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, so it's a path of self-exploration, ultimately, that you can take on by going in your shadow self. Yeah. And then you said something a lot about, um, you know, how often when you are someone who takes on a lot of responsibility in your life, um, it's really... Uh, it's really relieving to have this space where you can just really surrender. And so I think we have an impression that women uh, want to be mostly dominated and that men want to dominate. Do you think that we are really one or the other? Or do you think that we're, uh, depending on what's going on in our life, our mood, or do you think we're a little bit of both? Well, I think that everyone, so... Uh cis men, cis women, non-binary people, trans people, everyone has a fluid sexuality. So uh, what you want today, you might not want tomorrow. And sometimes what you want with one partner, maybe you wouldn't want with another partner. Maybe a, a man would bring something, uh, like a cis man would bring something out of you. But uh, being with uh, a queer, non-binary person would bring something else out of you that you didn't know. So I think it's... Uh, extremely relative how your sexuality is and also where you are at in your life if you're extremely busy and building something huge maybe you have a lot of pressure maybe that's the moment in your life where you need the most to surrender and to be dominated maybe um you are feeling like you don't have much control over your life in a certain moment and things are kind of chaotic maybe in that moment you're like actually i really want to dominate someone because that would make you feel empowered. So I think it varies and it's fluid and it can change. And maybe on uh, um, one day, on a Wednesday, you would want one thing and the next week you're like, okay, I really don't want to do this now. Maybe someone uh, turns you on speaking about a subject like, I don't know, golden showers and you've never even thought about it. But with this person in that context, suddenly you're into it so you're gonna have to explain what's a golden shower <laughs> well a golden shower is when you pee on someone okay so uh, uh you can pee on their body in their mouth and it can be used as a reward or as a punishment uh, as a form of humiliation or as a form of worship so it's all depending on the person and how they view you and what's your relationship and 
how you go about it because it's not so much what you do it's how you do it so um yeah and so i'm sure you would agree that we all have a feminine and a masculine side to ourselves um when do you think that you tap more into your masculine energy well for me actually it's uh the masculine energy that is prevalent so i've always been more in my masculine energy and uh it's the feminine which took years to uh tame and to accept and to embody um just the way i grew up and the way that my personality is i am way more in the kind of masculine also how i um my mindset always was um it was harder to be in the flow and be connected to my body and my emotions which is feminine i was always more uh cerebral and um the one that is in control the one that is bossy the one that leads so um i think that exploring both sides of yourself owning both parts of yourself finding a balance and integration is how we can be whole because that division the way that uh the world is trained to be binary is exactly what is dividing us not all not only dividing us from one another but creating a division within ourselves which is why most people feel a sort of void because we are um fragmented due to this binary mentality okay and so how would you say someone who um has felt more of her feminine energy would ta- can explore tap into her masculine side try wearing a strap on <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was hoping you would say <laughs> yeah, that helps <laughs> Um and do you think that where we are in terms of our masculine versus our feminine because um do you think that affects our sexual desires? Um since it's fluid, I think that when you explore your masculine energy, it will impact how you view your partner in that moment. Like if you are the one wearing the strap on, you will probably be the one that will take charge of the other one. versus if you're um the one that will be penetrated your mind will be more uh in the um in the place of a receptivity to the other and of receiving more than giving so uh depending on which um um vibration you are it will impact yes your sexuality and uh, your interaction with others okay cool Um and so let's discuss a little bit about again the mistress mindset. Um and uh, what do you think are some of the practices somebody can implement in order to tap into this empowerment of the divine feminine? Some of the practices. Um well first of all I think by uh, it should start with asking yourself questions. I think that uh any introspection or shift you want in yourself you have to ask yourself the right questions and be ready to answer them without judgment to be ready to uh get curious about your desires so just being like okay what do i desire just a question like that for most women in my experience they already block and they're like well 
Um, I think that, I mean, it's not clear to us, but if you get clear on, well, what I desire is to have an orgasm as an example, but then get specific about it. Okay. But what does that look like to you? How mm -hmm. is the, what is the desired feeling behind that? What is the goal feeling? What is the core desire? Well, I want to have an orgasm because I want to feel, uh, that my partner, values me i want to feel worshipped i want to feel um a blissful state of surrender like it can be anything but um if you understand what motivates your desires where they come from and you own them already you get to know more of yourself so you are more in your truth so you are more in your power. So you access your divine feminine power by taking ownership of your desires at the like at the core, at the base of everything. And uh, then by speaking them up, because when you speak them up, you not only own, own them for yourself, but you own them in the, the reality we live in. You share them with the world. And I don't mean uh, writing a post on Instagram about what you want, but like with your partner to be like, hey, I really want anal sex tonight in this position or right now like that. Um, voicing up your desires is ultimately what's the most empowering because it's the most vulnerable thing about yourself. Yeah. And it's you accepting that you want it and asking for it. And that is actually a gift to the other person because then they don't have to think of what is it that she wants or how does she want it. You are giving them uh, the opportunity to pleasure you, the opportunity to know how to pleasure you, but you need to know also what it is you want at first so you can ask for it. So these two steps, what is it that I want? How do I want it? And why? Why, in the sense of why do, like, what feeling do I want to, um, what emotion do I want to feel through that experience, through the realization of this desire? Because our reality is created by feelings. Feelings are the universe's language, mm -hmm. the vibration of every emotion. It's alive. So by owning our feelings, um, we get to uh, own who we are and yeah. feelings are directly related to desires. Yeah. So it's first the realization of what we want and then the communication of it. That is really the key because realizing without communicating has some value, but not enough for you to really gain any kind of pleasure out of it. So it's really being able to communicate what it is that you want. Yes. Yeah, so gain awareness of what you want and then take a committed action to bring it to reality. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I love how many lessons of consciousness and psychology there are in these conversations around sexuality and BDSM. I think that just goes to show how much empowerment can happen when you're connected with your true sexual self. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so what do you think are some of the things someone can gain from being in a mistress mindset in their everyday lives other than increasing their sexual pleasure? Well, when you are in the mistress mindset, ultimately you become the lead actress of the film of your life. 
So you are the one that uh, calls the shots, that knows where she's going, that has her needs and wants met. So you are the one that kind of runs the show instead of having other people run your show or being just a viewer of your show. Um, you become the one in charge of your own destiny. And I think we all deserve that. Absolutely. Um, can we agree that surrendering sexually is the ultimate form of meditation and rejuvenation? <laughs> yeah, I think that su to surrender is a, a place in your mind where you are in complete trust not only with the other person, but within yourself and the universe that you trust that you are taken care of and letting go in that way is the most freeing state because there is a detachment from the ego, a detachment from the mind, a detachment from your identity, a sense of just being, not being something, not being someone, just being and being observant of yourself so yes definitely a meditative state and especially if that's what your intention is to be able to go there so you can see yourself as your self <laughs> then uh, it's very um, transcending amazing thank you so much for being on my couch today i can't wait for everyone to listen to all the lessons that the mistress mindset has to offer and hopefully the divine dumb awakening they can check you out on your website www.mistressmindset.com or on instagram at mistress.mindset yes thank you so much for having me I hope you enjoyed this episode of On the Couch with Mary Jade. This journey is about you and me together, so make sure you share your questions, your thoughts, and your interests. You can do that either on my website, maryjade.com, or by connecting with me on Instagram at onthecouchwithmj. You can also connect with me on my personal page at the Mary Jade. If you want to continue to uncover all things sexuality with me, then hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this podcast. I really would love to hear your feedback. So if you can take a moment to rate and review this episode, I would really appreciate it. And lastly, if you love what you heard, then make sure you share it with a friend. Thank you. And until next time on the couch with Mary Jade. <laughs>